Hello, and again, welcome to Bit Depth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Roslyn Melton. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. Thanks. <laughs> How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been a long-ish day, but it's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Uh, that is the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, who are you? What do you do? Uh, my name is Roslyn Melton. Uh, my stage name is Roslyn Zora. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of people around Oklahoma know me as Rosin Zora. Um, I do a lot of everything. <laughs> so I, I'm first a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I also produce and engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting to get into like the film side too. Cool. So I just like <laughs> to be in it all. Yeah. Which of these things do you consider to be your primary thing? I would say usually being a musicianist because mm-hmm. that's like I've been doing it since I was three. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I'm trying to learn more film. Mm-hmm. So all my energy has been going into that instead of other things. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so to start with, um, I guess we can go secondary into primary. Uh, we know each other through ACM, but through production. Yep. Um, did you minor in performance yes oh okay yep um so what made you want to do production instead of full-on performance so I've always been interested in production Mm. um I actually started out in production back when I was in like ninth grade Mm. um I got my first PA system and I it was fun like learning all the things of like how to hook up different instruments to the PA. Mm-hmm. Um, so 11th grade came around and I went to Broken Arrow mm-hmm. in Tulsa. Um, so through Broken Arrow, we were able to go to Tulsa Tech. And Tulsa Tech has a, a program called Broadcast Sound Engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I signed up for my senior year to do Broadcast Sound Engineering. Um, and it was so fun. I decided to just get into production like mm-hmm. full time. So after I studied at Tulsa Tech, um, mm-hmm. I transferred. The first college I went to, this is my third. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first college I went to was the Art Institute in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a year studying sound there. Okay. Um, so it was really cool to have two different music colleges because each college is different. Mm-hmm. So um, it's easier to have like a rounded view than just one straight mm-hmm. on view, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so comparing your first two schools that you went to, how different was your juniors and seniors like starting out thing between your first college experience and learning sound? Yeah. So in high school, it was really cool because uh, film was also a part of it. Okay. So like film has kind of always been there except for ACM, mm-hmm. um, which I think it'd be cool to bring it into ACM, but yeah. that can be like a later thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with broadcast sound engineering, we kind of did all hands on all the time. So the first semester was really like diving into how to work Pro Tools, mm-hmm. um, what kind of settings you would want on like certain uh, EQs and yeah, yeah. reverbs and stuff. And it was really more elementary mm-hmm. uh, because we were high school students that had no clue what was going right. on. Um, <laughs> so it was really fun. And our final project was a three-song EP, mm. uh, which I actually recorded. I self-recorded and produced that mm-hmm. as well. 
listening back now, it's kind of terrible <laughs> compared to other things, but it's okay. Um, but going into the Art Institute, the Art Institute was really cool because its focus was more developing the way you hear sound. Mm. Uh, so at the Art Institute, you start out with, uh, it's not really production and studio classes. It's more like uh, oral classes. Mm. Um, so you develop, we had a class that was just on frequencies. Mm-hmm. So cool. we, yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> so we listened to different, uh, white noise and pink noise mm. and we had to choose like which frequency we were hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had to pick it out of like different songs he would give us. Okay. So it was like really cool. It was like more of like, uh, what you would think of like an art or music school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can't even get into the studio at the art Institute until your third year. Wow. Like, so they try to teach you. We had a whole bunch of DAW classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they try to teach us all the DAWs before mm-hmm. you're even going in the studio, which yeah. I think is cool because that gives you more of a um, responsibility. Like, you know what's going on before you step in the studio, yeah. so you're not going to mess up. <laughs> so that's nice. But I never made it to the studio there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then after that, you went here? Yeah. So <laughs> I was trying to transfer to... ACM at UCO. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had no clue UCO existed mm. um, until I was already out in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, that's close to home since I'm from Tulsa. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I want to try to go to ACM at UCO. And what happened was when I tried to transfer to ACM, uh, not all of my art institute was paid off. So, mm. of course, I had to, like, pay that off before I came here. <laughs> so I took a whole bunch of classes at Tulsa Community College before mm. I came here. Uh, so I'm going to wind up with like six different degrees <laughs> and random stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. The random like business management, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Things. yeah. It's more like, uh, general studies, business. Yeah. Just like random stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. My brother has like two or three associates degrees from OSU OKC. It was yeah. just like that. You took enough classes. Here's a few yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, so then what made you interested in ACM versus going like finishing out the art institute? Uh my family was going through like a transitional period. Mm-hmm. Um so while I was in Nashville, my grandma passed away. Mm-hmm. So I decided it'd be cooler if I was like closer to home. Yeah. Um for like different family reasons. Mm-hmm. So uh, ACM kind of stood out to me because it's such a small community. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone here knows each other. Like yeah. we've had a ton of classes. So, mm-hmm. um, I really like ACM as a community. The Art Institute had so many kids, yeah. like you didn't really ever meet and get to know people there. Yeah. Like they were just kind of people in your classes. Mm-hmm. So I think overall ACM is a better like community. Yeah. Um, I wish that there were more of, like, those oral classes, like, more in-depth yeah, yeah. stuff, but, <laughs> yeah, but I still love it. Yeah. I think that probably has to do with the fact that, like, most of the students are associates students, uh-huh. and so, like... Instead of bachelors. Never really get a chance to go that in-depth, and then by the time the bachelor students come around, it's like, they've kind of already learned all that stuff by themselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's weird. Yeah. I just kind of got the long way around. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all of those things, through all of your learning through different schools and stuff, 
what's sort of the the bigger picture things that you've gotten out of hey this is what I really have to keep in mind every time that I'm recording um I would say definitely first and foremost is the clarity and hmm. uh, quality of the recordings yeah so if you don't start out with a good recording it's not gonna have a good like output yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I think a lot of trial and error through these first couple of years mm-hmm. um, was a way to kind of um, influence more of like first checks mm-hmm. on like mic placement and yeah. quality of microphones and cables and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to start at the basics. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's like a crazy advanced thing that you feel like some, I don't know, first semester student wouldn't know until they've like done as much recording as you've done? (laughs) Um, I think a crazy advanced thing that's really simple Mm. would be to try to not be biased when mixing. Hmm. Because, like, if you're recording uh, yourself or your own band, Mm -hmm. um, or if you're, let's say you're a guitar player, and you're a guitar player that also produces, you're always going to raise those guitar, (laughs) like, parts uh, because it sounds more natural to you mm-hmm. um so I always have other people check my work mm-hmm. to make sure I'm doing unbiased mixing yeah and it especially helps if I'm not on the recording at all yeah because <laughs> if I'm on the recording usually I turn myself all the way down mm. <laughs> so like in the in the love EP mm. uh you can tell my voices are way lower than if you were listening to Keithley's EP mm. so <laughs> it's weird um but then that transitions into your own music. So, like you said, you've been doing music since you were like three years old. Yeah. Uh, how did you start making music? So, on my third birthday, <laughs> uh, and this is on my Facebook bio, <laughs> so it's legit. <laughs> um, so, on my third birthday, I had like a family birthday party, mm-hmm. um, and I picked up a hairbrush, and I put like a Barney tape in the cassette player, mm. I turned it on, and I like had this big concert for my family. And they were like, oh, adorable. she's going to be a singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, ever since then, um, right after that, they put me in uh, vocal lessons with Debbie Campbell. Mm. Um, which she's a really big country musician out of Tulsa. Okay. Uh, but when I was in about fifth grade, she passed away from breast cancer. Wow. Um, so at least I was able to learn some from her mm. before that happened. Mm. Um, and at that time, we kind of started with guitar, but it never really made it mm. to something different. Um, so I kind of had to teach myself guitar along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, in middle school, I started taking lessons with Rebecca Ungerman. Which she's like a huge uh, Jewish musician out of Tulsa. So she does a lot of uh, cover shows. She plays like all the Jewish parties. Like it's really cool. And she has like a really powerful, soulful voice. Mm. So I think a lot of my influences come from uh, being like taught by such influential Mm -hmm. women in in the industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And I was with her uh, through middle school. Until there was a point she was like, well, there's nothing else I can teach you. <laughs> so I think you either need to go someone else or mm. just keep doing what you're doing. Like, I'm not really sure. Yeah. So <laughs> it was cool. So after that, I started playing guitar more. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not to where I want to be. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a really <laughs> slow process. But most of it is self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some lessons here and there. Uh, it's getting better. <laughs> so I've started playing lead guitar more. Cool. And trying to write my own solos. Yeah. You which, Yeah. <laughs> some of them you can hear in certain songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them you can't. Most of them are all performed live. Mm-hmm. So they're not on any recordings yet, but they're going to be. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a difference between being a musician and being a songwriter. Which direction do you lean more towards? So I've always leaned more towards songwriting. Mm. Um, if I had to accumulate all the journals and all the songs that I've ever <laughs> written, it's probably over like 500 songs. Mm. Um, not all of them get heard because right. some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them I forget after five seconds. <laughs> uh, a lot of them, I don't know, I've just always been pulled to songwriting because mm-hmm. um, that's what attracts me the most Yeah. Um, with being a musician because you're able to tell your side of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, Because there's always a certain side of the story. Yeah. There's multiple sides. (laughs) And you can just tell whichever one you want. Yeah. Um, So it's really cool. I think lately, the past few years, I've kind of taken a break from Mm -hmm. songwriting. Um, But coming up soon, I really want to get back into songwriting. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem I'm having right now is I can't really decide what genre I want to go with. Mm -hmm. Because me as a musician, if you've listened to my stuff, I like to do everything. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to choose between like pop, rock, country, mm-hmm. blues. I just, I want to do it all. Yeah. Do you have to pick a genre? No. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> like, so I've released a country single. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, my accent's really thick in it. <laughs> so like, it took me, so we're going to back up for a minute. So in, I started out singing country. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family brought me up. I played in, um, not pageants, but like fairs and festivals, mm-hmm. like growing up. Um, and I'd always sing country songs. Mm-hmm. So I'd have like ringlets mm-hmm. with like a vest and a cowboy hat, and I would just <laughs> sing country music. And it was about seventh grade when I realized that no one was really into country music. Mm. Like, it wasn't a cool thing to be <laughs> in. <laughs> so I, uh, I started really getting into like pop punk. Mm-hmm. So it took me a good four or five years to get rid of my country accent, hmm. like all the way. <laughs> so it it sucks because like right when I moved to Nashville, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just being in the atmosphere of Nashville and like mm-hmm. everyone has the accents, like it just, mm-hmm. it came back. Yeah. So now it's easy because I can just like switch between both. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like. A lot of people don't know that I was brought up with country. Mm-hmm. So some people may be like, oh, she's just trying to be country. Right. But like, it's a part of my story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, who were some of your major country influences whenever you were starting out? Yeah. So my first ever concert mm. was like my dream concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and saw Jody Messina and the Judds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, (laughs) they're like older, like country stars, Mm. basically. Yeah. So they sing really cool music. I was Mm. really into Reba. (laughs) Um, It took me forever. I used to sing the song by Reba called Little Rock. Mm. And I never knew it was about divorce until like last year. I was like (laughs) re-listening to it and I was like, oh, 
why my parents made me sing about divorce all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It was cool. <laughs> so I still like country. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, so then you went into pop punk and then uh-huh. rock. What else yeah. are you leading into? Uh, I think more of like a blues side right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm trying to get, what I've been writing lately is more kind of like Chris Stapleton-y. Uh, he's like a country blues artist. Okay. Um, he's kind of like the male version of Adele. Okay. So like I went and saw him at uh, Chesapeake a few mm. months ago and uh, he just like stood there and sang and played guitar and yeah. didn't really move. So he was mm. like Adele. But like everyone loved it and everyone was mm. like up clapping. Sure. I want to be that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. But I do think you have to reach a certain level before yeah. you can... <laughs> be able to stand up and just sing and play guitar I know. because I've tried it. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you've tried it and it's like, there's, there's a certain context where you are able to just, yeah, I'm going to sit here and play guitar and yeah. you're all going to love it. <laughs> yeah. um, I think sometimes it depends on what songs I'm singing too. Yeah. Like yeah. if they're super powerful songs mm-hmm. that we're like, if you have all vocals and, like, not a lot of guitar, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the crowd really wants. Yeah. But, like, they don't know it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also very exhausting to do yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so outside of the country and blues, where else have you gone? Uh, and who are some of your influences in, like, rock and pop and whatever? You mentioned so, Adele. <laughs> yeah. So like pop punk, uh, was in like seventh grade, which would have been like 2007. Mm. I'm super old. I'm 25 now. Mm. So that's great. Um, uh, well then that would have been like your eighth grade, I think 2007. Okay. So 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, so Paramore was really big at that time. Mm. So a lot of my influences come from Paramore and Avril Lavigne because Avril Mm. Lavigne was super big right before that. Yeah. Um, So I think in the way sometimes how I like make my phrases, Mm. I don't try to, but when I go back (laughs) and listen to them, like they sound exactly like they're just referenced from like Paramore or Avril Lavigne, (laughs) (laughs) which is okay. But I don't know. So a lot of those influences came from them. Um, I think – my new, like, blues influences, like, mm-hmm. Adele is kind of bluesy, mm-hmm. um, so that's a big influence. But I really like uh, Big Mama Thornton, mm-hmm. and because she's kind of what based uh, the Alabama Shakes. Mm-hmm. So, like, she was, like, the main influence for Alabama Shakes, which yeah. was really cool, because I really love Alabama Shakes. <laughs> so I just like the powerful front woman kind of mm. presence that they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're not afraid to take their voices where other people won't. Yeah. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you talk about the voice a lot. I mean, that is uh-huh. your primary instrument. Yeah. Um, what is it about, like, for people who aren't singers or people who think that they can't sing, what is it about the voice that separates it from playing any other instrument? I think it's the freedom Mm. because as soon as an idea pops into your head, you can automatically play it. Mm -hmm. Whereas guitar, you'd have to sit down, figure out what notes, what chords. It takes a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the instruments have, they're more time consuming. Mm -hmm. 
Does that make sense? Like, I'd rather jot down my ideas just over voice memos. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I have a song idea, I literally just, like, sing the melody yeah. into my phone, and then mm-hmm. I go back and listen to it later. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even have to have words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, can anyone sing? Uh, I think so. <laughs> uh, I've been told that tone deaf is not actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like with a lot of training, uh, mm-hmm. anyone can learn how to sing. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest person, she's going to hate me for saying this, mm-hmm. uh, my sister, mm-hmm. I don't think she thinks she can sing, but it's crazy because my sister sounds exactly like me mm-hmm. when she sings <laughs> like, and she's had no training at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I yeah. think it's really weird. Like, I feel like you have to have confidence in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just see it wants to learn yeah so um and then going into recently you're going to film and uh what made you dive into uh camera (laughs) um so part half of the degree at the art institute if i would have stayed was Mm -hmm. film um so we learned a lot about film there Mm mm-hmm uh, I definitely don't have a $50,000 camera like I did there. <laughs> uh, but I just picked up a, a Rebel T6i, um, which is pretty cool for film. So um, I'm starting to get into, like, since Oklahoma is such, Oklahoma City is, like, such a small community, mm-hmm. um, it's really cool to find people that want to just experiment mm-hmm. because I like to do everything. So, yeah, yeah. like... I really like storyboards because mm-hmm. I'm a really organized person. <laughs> so, like, if I have a song, I'll, like, mm-hmm. sit down, write out a storyboard, and be like, mm-hmm. do you like this? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> hopefully it works. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm working with a few bands in Tulsa right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start working with a few here in OKC. Um, with Melton Media is my yeah. company. Um, I just started a few months ago. Uh, the main focus is film and audio production. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still like photography Yeah, yeah. because as, uh, as an artistic person, mm-hmm. I just like to do everything. Like I want one hand in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think without diversity, mm-hmm. like you're just kind of stuck. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, how does being a singer and songwriter, affect your production and your filmmaking and all these other things that you do? Um, I think it helps because it helps to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Like when I was little, I used to write, I've been writing songs since I was in like third grade, Mm -hmm. like full blown originals. Mm -hmm. Um, so ever since third grade, I, every time I write a song, I can see the video in my mind, Mm -hmm. which is really weird. And like Mm -hmm. ever since, like, I could hear all the production in my mind. Mm-hmm. I could see the video in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, this is where this is going to go. This is the place. It's all, like, kind of yeah, yeah. like a puzzle. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, um, my stepdad, he produces as well. Mm-hmm. So a few of those early songs made it, mm-hmm. and we recorded them and tracked them and produced them and everything. Yeah. They're not great, but they're <laughs> good. Um, but it's fun to see the the way it's kind of, like, image and I, I like quirky lyrics mm. so like I feel like the I don't know <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say like they're more straightforward mm-hmm. uh which kind of makes storyboarding and visual stuff easier yeah 
Um, I also think that songwriting helps me create help create other people's music mm. um, because being able to sit down with them and try to figure out like what direction they're going in, yeah. like you need to be able to see the bigger picture and not just one mm. direction. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, I like that. Um, yeah. What is, pick a favorite child, what is your favorite song that you've done so far? Yours, obviously. Me, my songs. <laughs> um, this is such a hard question. Oh, I'm sorry. It's loaded. That's <laughs> um, so why I said so far. Like you can change your answer eventually. Yeah. I think my favorite song that I've ever written was "Not That Girl." Mm. Um, it's a single that I released in 2013. Because um, yeah, it's so. It. I think you've heard it. Pretty sure. I, I think I've played it in front of you before. Yes. <laughs> um, it's about women empowerment. Mm. So most of my songs come from true, like true. Uh, they're inspired by true events that has mm. happened in my life or people around me's lives. Yeah. Um, so "Not That Girl" was actually written about a party. Mm. That I threw. I used to be really big into throwing parties. <laughs> um, and there was this guy, and he was trying to take advantage. Mm. Um, and so I got really mad. Like, mm. and it doesn't even matter, like, who it is. Right. Like, there's no excuse for that kind of manner. Right. So I wrote Not That Girl because everyone has a voice, um, and it needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. So it's... And that was kind of a turning point for me because I was never really into women empowerment stuff before. Mm. Like, it kind of makes sense now. I see the trend throughout my life. (laughs) (laughs) But I never saw it at that point. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, I don't know, it kind of helped open my eyes to other issues that need to be brought up within the world. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Yeah. And then going into, like, women's empowerment, Mm -hmm. uh, you're one of the people in uh, women in the studio. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's super fun. So what is your role in women in the studio? And also what is women in the studio? Yeah. So I'm vice president of women in the studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, women in the studio is a student organization on ACM at UCO's campus. Mm -hmm. Uh, we cater to helping women understand that there is, there are right and wrongs in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, whether that workplace be your actual work or the studio or the community, um, because it's always okay to say no, mm-hmm. um, no matter what the situation is. Like, if right. you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to just keep not being comfortable, sure. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of girls in this day and age, they don't know they can say no. Yeah. Um, and it always comes back to them feeling bad because they, they said it, or they didn't say no. Yeah. Um, but I want everyone to always know that that's an option. Exactly. So, yeah, so we empower women. Uh, we record in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually recording this Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm super excited. <laughs> uh, so, we're recording. It's all female musicians, mm-hmm. all female engineers. Um, <clears throat> because we are, when I went to the Art Institute in Nashville, mm-hmm. there were only 3% women in the music engineering mm. uh, community. Yeah. Like throughout everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like we've definitely grown since 2012. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot bigger of presence, but we're still kind of scattered. Yeah. So, but I think it's cool. Like, mm-hmm. we're not letting, we're not letting, 
like conformity. Mm. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> word, but like we're not just like being put in a box right, and right. just doing what like women could do. Sure. Like we're trying to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Um, a not very good segue into the second half of the podcast. Um, what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Um, spirituality, uh, I've always grown up going to church. Mm-hmm. So I actually have faith tattooed on my wrist. Mm. No one ever sees it because it's white, blends in <laughs> on my skin. Um, I... I feel like, I don't know. I feel like God is a big part of everything that I do mm-hmm. uh, because I try to be as genuine a person as possible. Yeah. And I feel like you can't be that genuine person without um, there being God's presence there. Mm. Um, and it was really cool. Like I grew up going to the same church my entire life. It's called Heritage United Methodist. <laughs> um, and after I moved to Nashville... Uh, I didn't really have a church out there. Yeah. So when I moved back to Tulsa, um, it was really cool because they were able to take me on as the engineer, mm-hmm. the head engineer of the church. So I spent three years engineering at church. So I was mm-hmm. able to work, you know, missions. Um, I was there. It was crazy. I turned 21. <laughs> and uh, every Sunday morning I was there at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was like no time for partying, even mm-hmm. if I wanted to. Sure. Um, so I just spent a lot of time at church and like, you know, my work history, I think, um, I've always been in like retail management. Mm -hmm. So I've always worked like 40 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. Um, so I like to do all of this on top of that. (laughs) Like everything we're talking about now is just on top of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was really, I was very thankful that I had a job that let me off when I needed to for church. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and after my first year and a half as the audiovisual tech, mm. I was able to become a worship leader. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool to be able to teach others about God. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like that's a big part. Like right now in OKC, like I don't really have a, a home church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been going to Frontline. Frontline's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, but I just haven't found like that community that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, so right now it's kind of hard for me. It was like yeah, spirituality yeah. wise. Um, but I just try to keep in mind all the time that you should have faith. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think I asked Stuart this question, but, um, a lot of the stuff that you do involves, um, being a servant mm-hmm. to other people. Yep. Uh, what is the importance of being a servant to people? I think listening to their wants and needs mm. is mostly <laughs> uh, is mostly the main point of <laughs> servitude uh, because without making that person feel included mm-hmm. and welcome mm-hmm. and like you're on the right track, then they're not going to want you to help them. Yeah. So like I feel like without the people, there is no servitude. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like even with like my normal work in retail, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same way. <laughs> so it's just kind of like all platforms of the life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, really a big, broad questions. Um, okay. What is the importance of people 
uh, not so much what makes people important, but like, how are people important to you? People are important to me because we can't succeed without others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually a really big like team player. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my team always comes first, whether it's music or work, like to be a great leader, yeah. you have to lead and not just like delegate. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, so I always try to make it like a we, not me. Yeah. Um, and I think the big importance of people is the knowledge you can learn from them Yeah. because everyone has their own story and their own background and there's Mm -hmm. always something to be said about, you know, their religion Mm -hmm. or their beliefs. Exactly. So it's cool. I just like learning a lot (laughs) about everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always ask these very straightforward and pointed questions because, uh, makes you think, I guess. Um, but, uh. God question mark you've already sort of mentioned it but mm-hmm. uh do you believe in God and then sort of what is your definition of God I do I do believe <laughs> in God um I feel like at this point in my life he I don't know like I feel him there <laughs> like I feel like I was more into like reading the Bible mm-hmm. I'm just not like mm-hmm. I'd rather like feel it mm-hmm. um of course like growing up I did read the Bible yeah um, but like, I also, I'm really into like science. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I take influences from everything mm-hmm. because that's what makes sense to me. So like evolution makes sense, mm-hmm. but like God makes sense. Mm-hmm. So why can't we just have both? <laughs> I don't know. But like, even like the history channel has like really cool documentaries where like Bible, Bible stories have been found that weren't put in the Bible. Mm. And, like, what if the Bible was just, like, written by King James and no one else? <laughs> no one knows. Um, well, there's there's a whole lot. This, like, goes into something way deeper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff that I don't have enough direct knowledge about yeah. at the moment. Um, but that... I have a flag there and I will keep that noted. But then the other question that I ask is uh, (laughs) a free will question mark. Do you believe in free will? What is your definition of free will? And yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think we all have the ability to make our own choices. Mm -hmm. So we're all defined by our choices Mm -hmm. uh, because with our, without choices, like who are we? Mm -hmm. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I feel like free will I feel like God gives us the ability of free will, mm-hmm. kind of knowing what his plan already is. Sure. Like, he has a plan. He already knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows, like, the beginning, the middle, the end, mm-hmm. um, and he's just kind of watching us. But, like, I feel like the paths to make it to those destinations mm-hmm. can vary. Okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> I know it's weird. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean... We can go into the weeds of like Calvinist predestination mumbo jumbo. Uh-huh. Um, but I do find that point interesting that, uh, so you say God knows the beginning, middle, and end, but those paths uh, differ. Yeah. So, like, what if he's just watching it and he's like, gosh dang it, Rosalind did it again? <laughs> he's like, but it's okay because she'll be back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it says me, dang it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so then, uh, that flag that I planted in my head. Um, so you, you sort of jokingly mention that, oh yeah, you like science, but there is sort of this feeling that, oh, if you are Christian or that you are following the Bible, then you have to conflict with science. So where, or not so much where, how do you navigate uh, those discrepancies between biblical science and Mm -hmm. science science? (laughs) I feel like, so I grew up kind of, so my religion is Methodist. But I feel like, so there's like a lot of people that I know that just stick to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's like Adam and Eve, which we know. Um, but I think growing up with like schooling mm-hmm. kind of helped me see that like evolution makes sense in my mind. Like, and I feel like that goes back to like me being an engineer Sure. because like being an engineer, we want to know how things work. We yeah. want to see how everything like is put together yeah. and made. And like, <laughs> that makes sense to me to be able to see like a timeline and be mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's what's happened then and like that makes sense to me yeah yeah so like i feel like evolution in its whole makes sense Mm -hmm. um i don't know i don't i i don't know because like i have those people that i know that like strictly believe in like Mm. solid bible facts sure but like also, word of mouth is so different. Like, how do we not know mm-hmm. that things have been changed over the past? Mm. So I feel like that's just like an internal conflicting conversation in sure. my mind. Because uh, <laughs> I think about it quite a bit. Yeah. But I don't know. I just like science. <laughs> but I also like God. <laughs> and like God is overall. Mm. But I don't know. I feel like there's more. I feel like he wants us to figure out other things like mm. what if it was like a game he's like hmm i wonder if they can figure out how i started everything <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know yeah um how do you coexist with those people or have conversations with those people that you you are trying to sort of hey you know there is kind of a lot more information here or uh uh-huh. Um, I like to learn everything there is to know about something mm-hmm. uh, before I try to make a educated guess mm-hmm. about my belief towards that thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like to, because I've always had, even like associates that I've had in the past, like even different religions, mm-hmm. I like to learn everything about the religion. I'm like, yeah. what makes you believe in this? Sure. Um, and I think hearing everyone's sides of the stories mm-hmm. um, is there's there's a better ability to paint a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like even that might come down to the science stuff. Like maybe yeah, yeah. someone told me about the science stuff and that's why I was like, oh, this fits into the picture this way. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like the Bible and these stories also fit into the picture this way. Yeah, yeah. Because like I'm not saying they're all fake. I'm saying <laughs> they probably happened. <laughs> but like maybe they just happened in like a different way or maybe mm. we're hearing it out of context. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like I don't know. I just have to have all the sides. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um so then morality is another okay. thing that I 
uh, talk about a lot in the podcast. Uh, how how does one be good? And what f- is your definition of good? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the intentions behind the actions mm-hmm. is what makes them good or bad. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're doing something on purpose to be bad, yeah, there's a better word for that. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like if your intentions are impure, then it's kind of more of like a, a bad morality. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if your intentions are always pure, people are going to see that. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like with being genuine, because, mm-hmm. like, my main, like, I want to be genuine. Yeah, and, yeah. like, I try to work towards that every day. Like, it's mm-hmm. a struggle every day. <laughs> but, like, even, um, I don't know, like, halfway through, like, schooling, mm-hmm. probably seventh grade. I think everything <laughs> just hit at seventh grade. Um, <laughs> my, I would always try to lie to my dad. I'd be like, no, I'm like doing this thing. And sure. you'd always find out. <laughs> and then like something just clicked in my head. I was like, if you lie, people are going to find out. Yeah. Everyone's going to find out. <laughs> so like I think ever since then I made it a point to not lie mm-hmm. uh, because it stresses me out. It stresses <laughs> the other people out if they know you're lying. Yeah. Like, And I feel like being able to live in the truth mm-hmm. is something, it's like a stress reliever. Yeah, yeah. It's just great. <laughs> it's a great feeling because, like, there's no point in not being genuine. Mm-hmm. Like, you can always be yourself. Yeah. And someone is going to find a friend in you for that. Mm-hmm. So. So, in a sense, the the root of your moral compass comes from being genuine? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, g- genuine and truth Yeah, are probably my top two. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, um, bringing up politics a little bit, um, since we are in a place right now where, um, different people are needing help, um, or needing recognition, um, or representation, um, how do you go about helping people? <laughs> Can you repeat that more specifically? <laughs> um, well, okay, so how do, you, how do you help people and how do you decide who to help? You specifically, not everyone. <laughs> okay. With like anything? Yeah. Like any problems? Um, uh, I feel like this is pretty vague. <laughs> I feel like this could be whether you're stopping to help someone on the side of the road mm-hmm. or like helping a friend that like needs a ride somewhere. Sure. Or like if you know someone's struggling with like depression. Sure. I feel like this could be a super vague topic. But like over yeah, yeah, yeah. generalize. Um, I'm not really sure. No, but you you mentioned <laughs> a lot of interesting situations. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, yes, reaching out to a friend dealing with depression is very different than uh, giving someone a ride somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you approach the two, one than the other? <laughs> um. This is so hard. Yeah. Um, I feel like 
as long as you believe in you, mm-hmm. then you can help other people achieve anything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this could be like a work situation, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's in the studio or like at actual work. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like trying to help people succeed would be the main goal with anything you do in life. Mm-hmm. Um, because without others, you can't succeed. Like it can't just be you. Like it has to be more than everything is more than just you, but Mm -hmm. you have to believe in you for it to happen. Yes. That is the generalization that I was gunning for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you also mentioned how, uh, you've been involved in worship. Um, and so you, you have used your skills as a musician to bring more positivity in the world. Um, how else can you and other musicians try to help uh, make the world a better place through music? I think being open and loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, would probably be like the main thing. Uh, I see a lot of bands, and this could go like for any music scene anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of bands have hate towards other bands. Yeah. Or like musicians <laughs> have other hate towards other musicians. Sure. I feel like we all need to have like an open view of how we can overcome the hate mm-hmm. to start loving everyone. Yeah. Um. So I feel like. I don't know. I feel like it's a community thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would have to be, like, overall good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also have mentioned a lot of community. Um, so I can see that community has been important in your life. And so uh, I guess comparing the differences between, like, whenever you were in Nashville where you didn't feel as connected in that community Mm -hmm. as compared to here where you're more uh in touch with the people around you uh what what is important about having a community to you i feel like it brings more happiness Mm. uh because like solitude is lonely (laughs) <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I feel like out in Nashville, like, everyone's just for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not really, like, a team effort. Like yeah. I said, like, teams are my thing. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like in any, like, we have to have people lift us up to be lifted up. Like, yeah, yeah. all of us have to just reach for the top, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. So I mm-hmm. feel like uh, a lot of the, I don't know. I feel like it's all like mm-hmm. it all goes back to how we're all connected. Mm-hmm. Does the size of the community affect how close the community can be? I don't think so. <laughs> like if we're talking about like group texts, I feel like <laughs> I feel like if I have two friends in a group text and mm-hmm. we're always positive and lifting each other up, mm-hmm. like we're gonna feel infinitely better right right then if we only had one person trying to tell us that we're good and everyone else is trying to tell us that we suck sure you know what i mean <laughs> so i feel like the size of the community doesn't matter but the the ideals behind what it yeah. means yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah. um what makes you happy um <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> i feel like just 
I think freedom mm. is probably a big one for me. Um, I like to be able to do whatever, mm-hmm. whenever, because yeah. I like all the things. <laughs> so um, I feel like freedom, like I like freedom to go see my family on my days off. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, at work, I have visual freedom over my departments, mm. stuff like that. Like I just, I feel like freedom is a big part of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like money's cool, but like money doesn't give you freedom. Sure. Like you could be working every single day of your life and have all the money, but like, mm. what if you didn't have the freedom to like go do things? Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, eventually, with enough money, yeah. you do get a whole lot of freedom. But you could have a cute house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think the last thing that I'll ask is, uh, what advice do you have for people? Um, I feel like the advice I would have for people is to always be yourself Mm. because, (laughs) and, uh, because I feel like being yourself, you're able to give the world what you believe it needs. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if yourself is bad, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, okay, so like there's some instances, but I feel like everyone's genuinely good. Mm. They're just taught to be bad. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm. So I feel like if everyone just became like genuine overnight, <laughs> like everywhere would be so happy. Mm. I like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. I think it's true. Okay. Um, yeah. Rosalind, thank, for, thank you for doing this with me. Thank um, you for having me. Plug all of the things, all of the things that you have going on, all the people you want to shout out, whatever, and whoever you want to mention. What do you have going on? Uh, I want to mention Keithley mm-hmm. uh, and her EP. <laughs> it took us like a year and a half to make it. It's <laughs> really good. So you've listened to it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, At least once and a half, I think. <laughs> yeah. So the you were in the Studio 4 class when mm. we did it originally. So actually, that wasn't even the beginning of it. <laughs> so this is going to be a long story. I'm sorry. Go for it. So um, I met Maddie our first semester here mm-hmm. which was like 2015 mm-hmm. and i was like hey this girl's really cool she's really genuine happy fun yeah and i was like i want to help her do things because yeah. like she wants to help other people do things mm-hmm. so i uh i wanted more experience in the studio but i didn't really feel comfortable recording a full band by myself because mm-hmm. um, i feel like at that time we were just learning the studios yeah um, so I invited her in to the second floor studio, I think our third semester. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, let's just track a few songs, just mm-hmm. guitar and vocals. Um, so I can figure out like how to run sessions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, cause every studio is different. Mm-hmm. You gotta learn it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we started tracking those and they were pretty bad, but it was a cool <laughs> idea. So, uh, Studio Four came around, mm-hmm. and Studio Four we had to record the five song EP. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started recording her music, but she is a singer songwriter mm-hmm. without a band. Yeah. So we were trying to figure out like different musicians we could put in the place. Yeah. Um, and when I'm working on a project, I really like to get to know the person. Yeah, yeah. So even though we weren't like super good friends then, mm-hmm. like out of this entire thing, <laughs> like we're like best friends now. Yeah. So um I really got to know her and know her needs and her wants. And she was like, I really just want this EP to be as genuine as possible. Yeah. 
and I want it to be a story. Mm-hmm. She was like, my story is my life. Like, this mm-hmm. entire EP is my life. <laughs> like, it's all true. Like, and I was like, okay, cool. This sounds great. So, and she really wanted it to be, like, folky. Mm-hmm. Um, and she came to me with Coffee, which <laughs> is her main song. Uh, and she was like, this song is about coffee. Uh, but I want it to sound, she was like, what if we just put the entire EP in a coffee shop? I was like, a coffee shop? I was like, so you want me to record it live? Or do you just want me to put like coffee shop sounds in the background? She was like, let's just do coffee shop sounds throughout the entire background. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) So of course that's what she wanted. So we tried it. And then like quickly after that, we were like, "Mm, maybe not. And then I feel like at that point in time, it was a class project with, like, mm-hmm. five other people. Yeah. And they didn't really sh- – like, n- everyone had a different vision. Sure. So no one shared, like, the one vision except yeah. for Maddie. So after a lot of trial and error with that <laughs> semester, uh, we kind of took a step back. We took a couple months to, like, reflect. Mm-hmm. We were like, how can we make this the best thing that's ever happened? <laughs> so we – Scratched everything, mm. like everything was thrown in the trash. Actually, it's still on my MacBook, <laughs> but we're not gonna listen to it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, with her EP, we went back to the basics. She doesn't, as a musician, and I, I sometimes have this too. She doesn't like to play guitar while recording. Mm-hmm. Um, unless she's singing because she messes up and I'm like that too. Mm. So like I was able to relate to her as a musician because I have the same problems. Um, so I think that's really cool that we could relate that way. So what we did is we had her sing and play the guitar all at the same time. Mm. And so that's what we did. And I think Trapani was the one that came up with that in class. Mm. Uh, so we just had her track vocals and guitar all across the board. Um, and then we slowly started adding more tracks into that. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything was based off of her. So she yeah, was the yeah. focal point. Um, we found different musicians along the way to fill in the other parts. Um, and I know, like, some of the instrumental stuff, we wound up changing along the way. Mm-hmm. So we started out with Cajon. Mm-hmm. We wound up with Jembe. <laughs> like, we started out with, like, just shakers. And then we had all these tambourines and shakers. And she was <laughs> like, I want all these in it. And I'm like... Well, I think I need to fade some out. <laughs> and uh, and then we got to the point where she wanted, she lives by train tracks. Mm. And I feel like this is a story she not really tell anybody. But <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm trying to let it be known. <laughs> it exists. So uh, the train. So she lives by the train tracks. And her, her first of all main song, probably not coffee, is Mom and Pops, which is mm. the title track of the album yeah and uh mom and pops was written about her family and her parents and how mm. they love each other which is super cute because i love a love story <laughs> <laughs> my ep was love <laughs> <laughs> and um so i feel like like somehow she came up with uh she wanted trains in the last song because mm. it's the last song of the ep yeah um, and they're kind of fading out and I was like, okay, well, now I got to go find these train so- sounds. Yeah. So I came down. We were in the studio, like, I think two nights a week at that point. Mm-hmm. I think it was before rules changed and stuff. <laughs> so I was down here trying to record trains, but there's also construction going on. Yeah. And I was like, well, there's no way this is going to work. So I actually went out to Edmund. Mm-hmm. 
like right off Second Street. Yeah. And I sat and waited for a train for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so like if any of you are my Snapchat followers, you probably saw that story. <laughs> um, and I sat there and waited for a train for three hours and it finally went by and it was going by so slow. So I got like the first like chug chugs and then the ooh, yeah. and like so it was like going past me. It was really cool. And then it just like died. But I was like, well, I can't stop recording because what if I need all of this? Yeah. So I just sat there for like 45 more minutes (laughs) and we finally wound up with the train sounds. And so like the whole concept of the EP is that it's like a concept album in itself because like it starts out coffee in a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. She walks out into the city, um, which is confetti in your hair, which Mm -hmm. is the next song. Um, and there's city and bus sounds and you can mm-hmm. tell she's like in a city setting and all of it was done post. Mm-hmm. So like I walked around and made all these sounds myself. It was yeah. really fun. <laughs> and, uh, cause that kind of goes with like Foley and film yeah, and yeah. I love it. So, uh, darker days, actually, uh, Mariah mm-hmm. from studio four, Mm-hmm. She was the one that had the idea to add thunder in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Mariah. That was a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we put thunder in the beginning, and it was really cool and really mm-hmm. loud. And I was like, man, this sounds great. Yeah. And we were trying to put the rain throughout the entire so- mm-hmm. like song, but we figured that it it like all got clouded. Like it didn't really have clarity. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I really want this rain in here. And like growing up, I always listened to JoJo. Which, mm-hmm. like, she plays a little too late. Yeah, yeah, It's, like, a thing. So <clears throat> I was, like, wait. So there's this JoJo song where there's, like, thunder and rain in the beginning, and then it fades out at this specific spot. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, um, Kate and Catlin was really big in the production of the EP as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of co-produced it. So me and him were at a studio, and... I was like, let's listen to this JoJo song because I think it's going to help us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> so we wound up fading out the rain like right where JoJo's producers faded out that rain mm-hmm. because it sounded really cool because it was like right – it's like halfway through the first verse, I mm-hmm. believe, if I remember correctly. But that was our inspiration for that. Yeah. And then I brought back a few bits of thunder throughout the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, there's like this huge, like, you, like, I feel like you can picture the lightning. It's so loud. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like this super loud thunder crash. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kevin Lively actually uh, mastered the mm-hmm. EP. And I went back and asked him like a week later after he did it. I was like, <laughs> did that thunder scare you? <laughs> and he was like, maybe I jumped at first. Because <laughs> it was like really loud in the mix. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was really cool how we could create. So it was like a musical idea, but we were mm-hmm. able to create a storyline within the entire EP. Mm-hmm. Real um, quick, if I may interject. Uh, yeah. I actually remember uh, the first time that Maddie sort of like played that song to people in uh-huh. songwriting I think it was songwriting too. Nice. Um, because it was like one of those free days uh, where instead of like working on a project, uh-huh. it was just like, hey, if you've been working on some stuff and mm-hmm. you want other people to hear it, here it is. And That's uh, cool. she played Darker Days. So. Yeah. I love Darker <laughs> Days. And like if you listen to her lyrics, like they seem really simple, mm-hmm. but they all have like a bigger, greater, deeper picture. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like about her music because it all tells like – this huge, like, 
intricate story yeah, yeah. that you can't really see on the surface but if mm-hmm. you like dive into the lyrics like yeah, it's yeah. all there <laughs> yeah. and I like I really like that about her as an artist yeah and her artist name really isn't Maddie it's Keith Lee mm-hmm. so you gotta go look up Keith Lee yes. mom and pops <laughs> <laughs> it's on Spotify yeah. it's on Apple Music yeah. it's, it's everywhere it's great. But, yeah, I think it's been on the radio uh, mm, lately cool. a lot. So I think KOSU has been playing it a lot. So it's just cool to hear things that we've been able to make mm-hmm. other places. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> All this long story being a plug. <laughs> yeah. What else you got going on? Yeah. Um, so I'm starting to get into film. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've seen the Women in the Studio promo video, mm-hmm. uh, I did that all in about four hours. It was nice. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was recorded here in the second floor studio where we're mm-hmm. at right now. Um, it was really fun because we actually realized we didn't have a lot of girls and women in the studio. Like when we first started, we only had like five girls. Mm-hmm. So honestly, all the people in the video yeah. are actresses. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> but uh, it was really fun to bring them together. And now Women in the Studio is actually open to all majors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can finally have those business and vocal performance mm-hmm. students in the mm-hmm. in the organization with us. So mm-hmm. it's grown quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they really wanted to be in it before, but Women in the Studio is so vague. Right. Like, we're able to add them in now, which right. is great. Yeah. Well, if you're... A business person, you uh-huh. still have to deal with your client in the studio. Yep. If you're a performer, you still record in the studio. Yep. So that's what we yes. figured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really fun. Um, we have a lot of cool projects coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we did Slay the Stage, mm-hmm. um, and that was like the brainchild of Stephanie Heller, mm-hmm. and it was really cool. So she came up with Slay the Stage as a benefit concert for mm-hmm. Women's Audio Mission in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were actually able to donate over $300 to them. Yeah. And it is a full run women's, uh, organization Mm -hmm. that teaches middle school and high schoolers how to run studio. Yeah. Which I feel like in a city setting, that'd be really cool. Like I would have wanted that in middle school. Mm -hmm. I did have that in high school. I was really lucky, (laughs) but not a lot of people have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, what's great about women's audio mission. Um, and slay the stage was so amazing Yeah, and it wouldn't have been brought together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it wouldn't have been brought together without Stephanie's ideas. Mm -hmm. They're great. Yeah. (laughs) So it turned out great. So this next year, um, we are going to try to throw, it's almost going to be like a smaller Slay the Stage. Mm. Uh, so we're wanting to keep the same ideas, the same benefit going, but we mm. want to have multiple performance dates. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be about the same size, about the same amount of artists, which we mm-hmm. had 27, I believe. Um, but it's going to be across a couple more dates yeah. and a couple more venues. Mm-hmm. So it'll be cool. So it'll be like uh, different concert nights for benefits instead yeah. of like one huge festival at one time. Sure. Um, and then... There might be some other things in the works. Yes. <laughs> we'll find out what they are. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> where can we follow? Who can we follow at or Twitter or Instagram or? Yeah. So it's all Wits OKC. Yeah. At Wits OKC. Um, I think maybe our Instagram is at Women in the Studio. Mm. But I think uh, the Twitter is definitely at Wits OKC. Mm-hmm. And there are two Facebook pages. <laughs> so 
well, there's actually we have two divisions of women in the studio now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the OKC division, mm-hmm. which is ran by Sephra, and we have the um, ACM division, which is ran by Katie. Mm-hmm. Carmichael, which is our new president. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be a super exciting year. We have all these new faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and the OKC meeting is once a month, where mm-hmm. the ACM meeting is twice a month, mm-hmm. which is the big, uh, big difference. But the OKC meetings, everyone is involved. Yeah. So men can come. Mm-hmm. Uh, community members can come. Sure. Anyone that's like in the studio and wants to represent, you know, yeah, yeah. our beliefs, mm-hmm. they are more than welcome to come. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then where can we find you and your things? You're plugging everyone else's yeah. stuff, but not yours. No. <laughs> uh, I try to be humble unless you're my best friend. And then I probably just talk about myself all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess that just comes with it. So I ha- I'm i on everything. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, mm-hmm. Xbox Music. <laughs> what? Everywhere. I don't know. I just have <laughs> listens from Xbox Music sometimes. It's weird. <laughs> so, and it's all based off CD Baby. Um, mm-hmm. So my first EP, Seasons, mm-hmm. is it was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, it's available on everything. I also have my... Self-produced EP, Love, Mm -hmm. uh, which I guess makes me the queen of love now. I try to promote it on Valentine's Day every year. (laughs) It never really goes anywhere, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. So, uh, yeah, so Love is also on there. And then I have three singles, um, two of which are under Roz and Zora. Mm -hmm. And the other one is under Zora uh, because Mm -hmm. at one point in 2014, I tried to go by Zora, my middle name, with a Mm -hmm. Z. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't until after I released the song, Kiss and Tell, Mm. that I realized there's a lot of, like, Hispanic ladies that also go by Zora. (laughs) So, like, my single is mixed into a whole bunch of their singles within, like, a huge folder of Zora's. Which is really weird. Yeah, because I figured that was, like, a really random name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I guess not. So, yeah. So, most of everything is under Ross and Zora. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yep. And I've kind of, so I kind of tried to branch out with Zora, the band. Mm-hmm. So it's like X-O-R-A. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still trying to figure out what the process is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to try to go back to Ross and Zora's everything. Because mm-hmm. um, it was kind of just like an idea. Mm-hmm. It was like, hmm, let's try this idea. Maybe sure. it'll take off. Yeah. And it kinda did it kinda did at first. <laughs> uh but I feel like we kind of backed off shows. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we go back to Ross and Zora, then it's more consistent with the fan base mm. because no one knows to look up Zora with an X. <laughs> They're like, what is that? We don't yeah. even know what that is. <laughs> uh, so Yeah, it's all right day. to make your name everything. Yeah, <laughs> if you're a solo artist. Yeah, well, you are, so it's, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like if Panic at the Disco would have just been called Brendan Urie. Right, well, Panic <laughs> at the Disco started as a band, uh-huh. so it's not like... I love them. <laughs> well, now it's just him, so you yeah. can say I love him. Yeah, <laughs> I love all of it. <laughs> I feel like Pretty Odd was my favorite album just because it was so different. Mm. I don't know if you've heard that one. It like has like twice. Okay. <laughs> it has like horns. Yeah, yeah, and no, like weird like, stuff. Yeah, it was cool. It but was pretty odd. I think nothing 
defeats a fever you can't sweat out. In, I know. You're right. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. But anyways, uh, <laughs> once again, thank you for doing this with me. This with me. I'm Santiago yeah. Ramones. I am Rosalind Zora Melton. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. I do this podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on that podcast app if you have an iPhone. Um, and you can find it on Stitcher. You can listen to it on YouTube. Uh, or you can listen to it directly from my website. And you can comment and leave reviews on iTunes or on YouTube or on my website, wherever you want to uh, give some feedback. Um, or just contact me. Um, and you can find my music also on my website. There's some Bandcamp stuff, some SoundCloud, st SoundCloud stuff, and you can uh, leave uh, however much money you want for that demo that I released. All, uh, <laughs> all the monies. Um, that's <laughs> what I love about uh, pay what you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah. I always end my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. I travel far From sea to say I've seen all the stars But they've always seemed so dull And I'm a high a place to call my own Until I met you I didn't know Tried to move me, but I was weak. I saw the beginning of a reckoning, a burning fire in my soul. I never ever thought I wouldn't be alone. version of me when you hold my hand I never want to leave
that you're a boy, I mean 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 that you're a boy, I mean